That's something you'll learn. Al, too, let, let me start the face. show. Al, <laughs> Frank, it's time to be serious. <laughs> I can't get through it. It's just so stupid to start the show like that. <laughs> but, but now yeah. that's how that's what we do now. Yeah, I'm, I, I, it's. I've got to get to the point where I'm comfortable with it, and I'll get there eventually. But right now, um, we're bringing a guest back. We haven't had him here for, I don't know, two, three weeks. Since the divorce. Um, how was that Cubs game? Who won it? Man, the Cubs were, it was good. I mean, there was a lot of action and the pitching and then the defense. Yeah. But it was, It yeah. was sad that somebody had to win and someone had it to was, lose. It was one of those, you just walked away going, I'm just, I'm just happy I was that, that entertained. You know what's really funny? You're not that far off of some of the local people that discuss sports and oh. they've actually seen the game yeah no no, no. <laughs> they've actually watched it but you don't get any opinion. i mean no no i don't want to lie to the audience we're taping this right after we taped the first one we probably put I some am time perfectly in fine lying to them you are i want to treat oh, them like so, our everybody's third girlfriend yeah. just yeah. practice lying to them all right yeah. i have no and problem i don't know when this airs but last yeah. time i was here was what 2019 <laughs> Yeah. Pretty great. It was, yeah. It's been a while, but you've done so much. With I the love studio. that you're now darkening the beard. Uh, with yeah, you know, just, just for have men. To go with that. Yeah, just to, you know, but I, only my beard around got the, weird. Only, only around the goatee area. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't grow. And uh, else. yeah, like a 13 year old boy outside of the goatee. Have you guys seen the John Holmberg is our guest, by the way. Yes, he, oh, I don't even know. If say I said that. That. Holmberg's morning sickness uh, in Phoenix. You're the number one show. Oh please! But number one show with by men triple and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody who's listening to people talking, it's usually you. If right. there are there are there are a couple, a couple other big shows in town. Here's what I have to remind myself with that all the time: is that even if we are number one by triple, that's usually about a fifteen. I like share. you put the three up as three. The tri- mm. triple, triple, uh, oh, triple, upside down, yeah. like a gangster. Bam! <laughs> we'll just do it like I just triple. knocked one down. Mega, yeah, but uh, triple mega. The fifteen share still means eighty-five percent of the city hates me. I remind myself of that all the time. I don't know about hate. I don't you. think you have to remind yourself of that. I think that as an entertainer, uh, we all hate our, each happen. other. It's going to happen. Yeah, so that's, right? yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. Even that's people natural. Like, wow, fifteen for fifteen share. That's huge. And the have next you ever closest been, is seven. Have like you ever? Have you ever been me. in your? You've been on the air eighteen. Eighteen at this station. Eighteen yeah. years on the station. Since you got to number one, have you ever been below number one? Uh, with we, that, we, we, yeah, you know, you go through period. We've never been lower than like a third. Which is great. Third, with men or overall? Uh, overall. Overall. With men, I don't think we're uh, maybe on a... When Stern was in the market, did he compete with you? We beat Stern our first time through. He, yes, he uh, by far. But he was about out. He was a year before he left. Uh, he was, uh, I, I was on there. Because people... We, we, we were competitive. I mean, Stern's what he is. I mean, I, I've always, everybody, they want to compare, like, oh, you, you're just a local Stern. You're like, well, whatever, I don't care. But uh, there's no. I don't better. think you are at all. There's nothing. There's, well, I don't I, think so. The either, only so. thing I find that's similar to you and Howard Stern is everything in his life is open to be on the yeah. air. So if you're involved in Howard Stern's life, if you're long, if you're involved in John Holmberg's life, and I didn't, I didn't understand this right when I first yeah. met you, and I. I, there are, and I'm, on, I'm honest with you, there are things I'll hold back from you because I know they'll come up <laughs> on the air. Because I, 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 or I'll tell you far enough in advance right. that it's like I'm not going to be there for a month or something like that. And I'll tell him then because if it's any time close to proximity, he's not doing it to be a jerk. He's doing it because he knows it'll pull something interesting. And there's certain secrets that I'll say I can't tell you. And right. he'll... He'll, a lot of times he'll get them out of me and then he'll play with it on the air and I'll just start sweating. Right. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? That's the dynamic He's, I love but, with Yeah, you, but though. you're not going to totally give it away. You will once in a while if you know it's not that important to me. But if it's close, if it's, not, if it's, if it's in a range of I can mess with Frank on this, he will do it completely to just have me get in that 
a little bit of a defensive stance in karate class, and yeah. then the master will show me how Sweeps it's Sweeps the done. leg? Yeah. Like that time he gave your pin number out over the air? Yeah. I, a pin number, yeah, not only that. <laughs> you still need the card, out. Yeah, I mean, right. it didn't really do The anything. ATM I used the most and a mask that, <laughs> uh, uh, with my face. Yeah, when people say that, though, you're just like Howard. I'm like, just talk to my producer, Lala Louie. We're nothing. It's not even. That is funny when radio shows do that, like they're total knockoffs of other shows. Like, you know, they had a consultant come through, like, we need the guy who's got uh, three names who Uh, does stunts. But for a fourth of the salary. Yeah, right. 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 The the radio consultancy is the worst because all they do is go, it's working in St. Louis. We want, this is the one I get the most, like, you sing. And you do the, we should get you to do carpool karaoke with some people. And I'm like, somebody else does that. Right. Like, yeah, but it works. Our, our guy in St. Louis is doing it and it's killer. I'm like, no, James Corden's doing it. It's his. Right. Period. Because you just look, you look like a ripoff of that. You look like you can't come up with your own. And there are plenty of radio stations that'll do that. But that's consultant. Well, think but about I, the balls as a consultant to walk in and say, I've got an idea. Oh, it's yeah. someone else's idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to table that with you guys. I'll be back after lunch. Like, that's crazy. If you, you don't do it, it a little you're bit. not cooperative. Right. Like, you're not, he doesn't listen. And I'm like, because this idiot steals ideas from other things and says, you do it. And I'm like, well, you know, do you don't have any. And usually if you've got a consultant telling you that, you don't have any ideas. So it's a room full of people just grasping at straws. Well, that, uh, we, we talked about it a, a couple weeks ago when you were here. That... <laughs> That you we know really can lie. Honestly, unbelievable. Good, man. Honestly, man, it's like when you would you so poignant when you said I realized that I was a puppeteer after yeah. I realized like they couldn't fire me. They real it's there's not that many funny people. No. Just like they're not that many d- d- nuclear scientists. There's not that many people can do that. I can be a consultant for a nuclear scientists. Yeah. I could bullshit around and be like, hey, yeah. uh, we need you for this meeting, and you need to be in Orlando for this next uh, conference. But I don't know anything about nuclear science. Right. No different than they know anything about being funny. So they have established it's, themselves as big parts of your world. Yeah. But they all know, and you found out later that they don't exist if you don't exist. No, and, and that's the thing. It's like as, as uh, like you nail it when you say a consultant has no idea what they're doing. But they walk in with the idea that if I make you feel like I know something. I just bought time. They're going to pay me longer and longer and longer to do this. It's, but if a consultant's that good, why aren't they doing it? Well, because they Why aren't can't. they a producer they're on the show? Exactly. Well, they're, That's they're the point, though. That's my point is if you are that good, why would I not be paying you to be here all the time? I think and what produce? Al said, I don't think many people have hit, it takes time. I don't think many people have hit that thing in their life where they realize nobody really knows what they're doing. You put somebody in a room in a suit with a resume and somebody else who's not doing well, which is when you get a consultant, feels like, all right. This guy, I cannot fight back. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't have any basis or ratings or, or dollars that are backing up my side. I have to listen. I, I kind of, I think there are a lot of funny people. I don't think there's a lot of clever people. Right. I think there's plenty of people who can tell jokes or puns and whatever, and they'll make you giggle and whatever. That's funny. But somebody who actually, comedians, and I think, Frank, you and I talked about this a long time ago. When, I think when you truly are a funny person, God, this sounds arrogant. When you truly are funny, you don't laugh anymore. Oh, I agree. You just with that. go. That's funny. You I, say what's funny you know, more often than you. I'll do tell that. you. I that when something's really funny, I do do the point and say that's funny. When something it's timing, yeah. and something totally unfun, so unfunny that it is funny. Yeah. It gets a that's when, yeah. yeah that's when gets, you get the laugh. It gets yep. almost a peewee silly, harmony silly is, kind of thing, like just ridiculous timing or yeah. failing on purpose make me laugh. Yeah. Funny people get mad at something that's really funny. Like, like why, cause why, why didn't I think the of that? The Book of Mormon made me angry. 
I watched that top to bottom and I laughed and I thought, this is so brilliantly funny. Like, I don't think the people laughing get how great every word of this is. See, I get mad at unfunny things that people think are hilarious. Oh, that like drives me nuts. The, the YouTube video of the Southwest uh, you know, flight attendant that's making these lame oh. jokes and people just die. Uh, you know why? Because they're on a death tube. Yeah. Everything's a little bit more tense. And the guy's <laughs> trying to make them feel good with puns and dad jokes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's nervous laughter. Strapping your kids first <laughs> and then your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so when they're good, I don't mind that. I don't mind really? that on the Southwest. I hate that. Shut there up, get couple, me a drink. No, there are a couple that are good, but I'd rather oh. them talk than do... They know people... When they started doing those on Delta or American where yeah. they are totally mocking the safety video... That's amazing. The, like, those are funny. Like you watch that to see all the things going wrong. There are a few Southwest people Ugh. that are actually pretty funny. Oh. They're, they're the ones I don't that, like when they sing, though. No, okay. There are it's the not ones, American it's, or rap it's the or, ones, or that. No, it's the ones <laughs> you can't tell if they're trying to be funny or not. And yeah. they're the truly funny ones. The That's ones true. that are really you know, doing an act act, yeah. but there are some that are very dry and you're yeah. going, wait a second. I think I, I'm starting to listen now. They got me. Yeah. That's the true. ones that are doing the jokey jokes. Yeah. You're like, I, I want to punch you or right. where, how do I get you out of that m- emergency exit? Can I open it now? Throw you out of the plane. Right. It's, <laughs> it's that it's, but they're, I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, it's the phony commercial actor. Funny. Yes. It's that kind That's, of thing. Yeah. But it's, there are some that have this ability that are just saying little lines underneath their breath almost. And you're going, oh, wait, nobody's catching this. You know what's crazy, good. though? Like what you said, it makes you mad when something's not funny and, you, and it still gets a laugh. And you're like, that's, that's not, that was the easiest thing. I will watch that over and over and over. And I, I, it's annoying to me that I try to break down why would someone think this <laughs> is good? And there's like, you know. Like people getting injured? Grown Ups, the movie Grown Ups, made so much money. And I watch it and I'm like, this is like, it's a bunch of dudes having a good time that, together. See, that's why I liked Grown Ups. Was you just liked because it? But I, li- jokes, I didn't like I mean, it for it the movie. I just, I just liked it for the fact that they were goofing around in a movie. I was like, they broke They broke all the rules. They're getting away with something. That's what I liked. But, that's, what, yeah. that's what you felt when you watched it? Yeah. I was the, grown, the first Grown Ups, I... I because I like those so people. Lazy. I know, but I, there was I, I, and to see it again, I didn't. I didn't want to. But to one time, I go. This is just a group of guys having fun. Yeah. This grown is ups too. I got a notepad. No joke. I watched it about four times, and I broke down the continuity errors. And like the time, they had like four dinners in a twenty-four hour period. <laughs> and I'm like, they didn't pay any attention. And that to me is insulting. Like as the audience will eat this up, who cares? And that What's wrong me. with that? It's Everything's silly. wrong But you, with that. you're watching an Adam Sandler movie for the script? No, I'm watching an Adam Sandler movie about to say, I'll, I, I'm willing to dismiss the silliness, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suspend disbelief that all this is goofy fun. Don't insult me. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm going to hit a golf ball really hard like I swing a hockey stick. <laughs> and, that was, uh, but that was new and fun, and Man Boy was hilarious. <laughs> But you watch it again, and it's like he—he he never. And now he just doesn't care if the audience is like, "Ah, screw him. They'll pay for this. They'll pay for whatever." There is, there is some of that where to yeah, the point it's not as exciting. But the first time I saw it, I was actually entertained by. Grown Ups Two made me mad. I didn't see Grown Ups Two, and me, I like Grown Ups One. Yeah, but I—I I, I, I I don't like when you when you like Mission Impossible is another one where the where it gets so lazy. They're like, "Well, we've really kind of written ourselves into a wall. Let's make it so people can take their faces off, and we can change the plot point. The idiots will eat it up." And, and I do believe that that is a conversation that's in writing rooms. Like, yeah, the idiots will eat it. Just give it to them. We can be lazy. We can traverse this river as simply as possible, and they'll, they'll eat it. And I'm one of those people that gets... And it's, it's a thing I need to get over, but I get really like, God, you're, you're taking advantage of my, my 
But you don't ever you don't ever feel you do that in your own show or in your own world where I take a real easy shot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But afterwards, I almost wink and nod. Like, did you, did you hear how low that was? Or did you hear the, the I took the low hanging fruit and I'll do a fake laugh or I'll be like dad joke. Or right. Something. There could be a brilliance to going after the low hanging fruit. I there think, is. I think you look at a movie like it sounds silly, but a movie like Dumb and Dumber, which was slapstick comedy, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was done on a that the jokes were on a couple different levels. You were supposed to laugh at them and with them, but also there were jokes that were hidden in there. I felt like for people that were smart, they that were did winking get, at you. Yes, they yeah. were, and I know it's amazing. That. The first time I saw Dumb and Dumber, I was in the theater. It was a daytime showing. Yeah. I was a kid. I, I don't remember how old I was, but I was younger. I remember going and seeing it and being very disappointed. There was nobody in the theater, and I didn't like the movie. No kidding, because my expectations were so high from Ace Ventura and sure. some of the stuff he'd just done, and Jim Carrey, and then. I watched it later in life. And I'm like, this is brilliantly stupid. Right. How did I not? Stupid. How did I not think this was great? When the thing that I laughed so hard was when he threw the snowball. Yeah. Oh, at, he just chucked uh, Lauren, it. At Lauren, whatever Hall. her name was, that he was married to for a day. Yeah. He like he's two he, feet away and he winds yes. up in face. Yeah. There was the thing I remember. Phil Rosenthal and uh, um, Ray Romano did an interview about how come they wanted to stop Everybody Loves Raymond. And it's because we're getting, Phil Rosenthal is the executive producer and a co-creator. And he said, we're getting to a point now where the characters get laughs for standing there. He right. said, it's when Fonzie used to come on and everybody went crazy. We didn't have to try anymore. And they found themselves like writing lines. They're like, that's not very funny, but. Well, it's Seinfeld talking about stand-up too, right? Yeah, exactly. And Robin Williams used to just go on Letterman and make noises and everybody's, it's Robin Williams. We, we forgive him anything. Everything he does is funny. And he got upset at it and it depressed him because like, I don't have to. I'm not clever anymore, and people still laugh. And, he, and Robin Williams did an interview once where he's like, I almost want to tell him, that was nothing. You're <laughs> laughing at nothing. I'm because doing I, nothing right yeah, now. Yeah, because I'm I just, told you. I'm trying to do a serious moment. Yeah, it would be frustrating. La- yeah. <laughs> Sad clown. <laughs> Is that why he went into more serious fo- films like One Hour Photo and things like well, that? Well, he'd always done... He, he was, yeah. he was a, he's a Juilliard... I think he got kicked out of Juilliard, but he was yeah. a trained actor. Yeah. So it's not like he, he wasn't going that way uh, earlier in his career, but I think he was upset with, the, I think, and not upset, but he was depressed that he couldn't do the movies, the really kind right. of movies that he wanted to do. You went through it, though, a little in your own way when people are like, oh, they just want the Madden. Well, it's, it's, it I still matter, go through it. It doesn't matter what I say. I still go through it. And the, the thing is, it's not even like... Which one of your three houses do you cry in about that? <laughs> And see, and that's the danger. Yeah. Is Listen, that once you realize I don't give a shit I'm not anymore? Crying you do, about it. I know you do care though. I, yeah. I, I the piece of me just because I want to be more. Yeah. It's but uh, the other thing, it's not like you Dave, can't lose your insecurity Listen, or you'll become I would not mind it true. if it was I'm Rick James, bitch, because yeah. that's that's forever. Right. Right? That's that's not that's not even really Rick James. That's a character. This John Madden thing, he's not anywhere anymore. Uh, it just feels old, and people use that against me. It's more that the that like, people use it against me. Yeah, right. I don't care so right. much if it makes people laugh. That's all I'm trying to do. But we but talked about it last it year when I was on the show <laughs> way back. But we, but we talked about it before. Is like when you become that comedian that starts telling everybody what's funny. I remember the first time I saw Steve Allen wrote a book and said how to be funny, Ugh. and he'd go on. I know, and he'd go on shows because the modern comedian to him was failing, and he would. And then all of a sudden they'd do that. There was a show that made me so upset. Chris Rock. Louis C.K., Seinfeld, and Ricky Gervais sat in a room and told everybody what's funny. And none of it was funny. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you guys are now the, uh, you know, the Mount Rushmore of funny, and you, would, you don't have any insecurities anymore. Like, you're not worried that people won't find you funny. You just shrug your shoulders and go, I know I am. And I think that's where you still are frustrated, and I think that's a 
gift is to continue to be insecure enough to say, when I'm on stage, it matters. I'm not just going to go up there with the catchphrases. And I was at a point at a certain part in my career where I just did do that. Yeah. And I got tired of it. And you hated it. But I, I hated it while That's I was pride. cashing the checks. That's pride. Right. I was cashing the checks and I cashed a lot of those checks. And now I make less money because I've tried to transform and do something different. But I'm happier right. in terms of that. But it's, I struggle because I'm trying to be something different. And it's not, it doesn't catch on. It's similar in a way to some of these NBA guys. They want to be superstars in in uh, Hollywood, yeah. and they don't want to be tied to basketball. But basketball is what makes them stars. Right, right. So you have to. For me, it's uh, the impressions made me to the level of fame I'm at. I can't totally get rid of that. But, but I not don't the impressions, only... the stuff you say as the people. Right, but that still but, the, has but to what matter. people yeah. see as the imp- like me as the impression guy. Yeah. That's what's gotten me to my level of fame. When I try and do something different, even something like this. People don't flock to it. Like I, I did something on Instagram I thought was pretty funny and dry. It doesn't get any views. No. But I could do the same thing as John Gruden, and it will get thousands and thousands and thousands right. of views. And that's the frustrating thing because I don't find that as funny as what I'd right. just done. But people aren't even going to tune into it because they see me not making a face. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Frank, you have to understand, and I think entertainers... Uh, whether you're talking about uh, you with the, the voices or the I'm Rick James bitch or Jimmy J.J. Walker refusing to say dynamite, all of these things he refuses he's to say. He's angry. Yes, he's it. not. People only have so much of their brain that's compartmentalized for their kids, their wife, their job. How much of their brain space do you expect them to have for Al Jackson it's or true. Frank Caliendo? So the fact that they're carving out a little chunk in this house that they call a brain for you they're like all right fine damn it i'll remember frank calando he does impressions madden move on with my life right so now we're going back whether you're reinventing yourself or i'm reinventing myself or john's reinventing his his show or himself as i do impressions in this and people are like wait no i know you you have a part in my house you have right. your room you're the impression guy do you want to leave that room because if yeah. you leave that room I'm not guaranteeing you there's another room in right, my that's house. That's why I don't get rid of you know, it And completely. that's why it's hard, yeah. But there are two, like, I've heard other people talk about this, and I thought I, I thought I was a genius for coming up with it, and then I heard other people like David Spade say the same thing. Uh, I realized I wasn't as uh, original as I thought. The first part of your career is pigeonholing yourself to be known as something. Yeah. The second part is trying to be what you also are or also want to be. So the first part, which is incredibly hard to get to and be known for something... You get to that, and now you have to work your way out of it and be something because else. Because you've grown. You're growing as a person. Right, but Nobody wants but, to be but seen as very the same people, years But ago. very few people can do the first right. one, and then even fewer people can do the first and one and then the second one. it's horrifying to let go of the first one. Yeah, that's, to me, it's just it's, it's money. That's really what it is. Al makes a great point, though, because it's the ACDC factor. They've written the same song for 45 years. Right. Over and over, and people keep sucking it up. So there's a there's a place in your head for what that sounds like, what they give me, and what I like. And if they, you know, Metallica and all these bands that go through that, where like I'm trying a new thing, their fans are like, no, literally, no. But at, at a concert, you'll see people walk up. Here's something from the new album. Yeah. They might as they well leave. start reading from Mein Kampf. <laughs> like people go to the bathroom. Yeah, if they they will not, they don't want to hear it, and they don't know. James Hetfield from Metallica being on stage going. <laughs> And then we got to get rid of the Jews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm paying for the screw your music. It's Read the so, book. 
It's like it, it's an adversarial <laughs> thing that your fans have with you. If if you went to a Lionel Richie concert and he was like, but before we get to dancing on the ceiling, we're going to do four new tracks. Yeah. You would be like, hey, dude, we, I'm here yeah. for to hear a once, twice, three times yeah. a lady dance on the ceiling and party all night long. And then I need to go do home because I'm paying a sitter. The Simpsons episode where Homer went and saw Bachman Turner overdrive. And they're like, all right, here's something from the new album. Yeah. You just hear, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No, chorus. And they start to play something else. And he goes, no, I've taken care of business. And they just got to the middle of it. And he's like, there yeah. You go. And yeah, because Homer goes, no, just the middle part. Just the middle part. Yeah, because they started to play the beginning. It's like, no. But see, I don't have a problem with it. TV. I, and this is where the back, uh, the backlash from Twitter is. I wouldn't care, but I get so much negative. Stuff. Like I would go on something, and uh, even when Leno was still at the Tonight Show, and he's like, "You're gonna do some John Madden, do some John Madden tonight." And I'm like, "Okay, just to make him happy." But then afterwards, like that's all Caliendo does is John Madden. I'm like, yeah. I'm making Jay happy. I didn't want to do it, right? But uh, you know, he's asking me to do it, and then I it, the. the a lot of people will not do that stuff. And at a certain point, you have to be nice and say, I, I don't want to do that this time. Yeah. I'll come out next, but I'm trying to be something else. And sometimes they get, a guy like Leno doesn't so much get it, so you just do what he wants. Uh, and Dave's, Dave was so big, I just did whatever he wanted. So, but other people, I, I remember people talking about Will Sasso being difficult at Mad TV. I never saw that once. Will really? Sasso, he's the sweetheart, nicest guy in the world, but he stood up for himself. And I think we talked about this a little bit before. And that's when you said, like, you stand up for yourself and something, they say you're being difficult. Right. No, yeah. I'm just standing up. I'm the one on the screen. Right. All I want to do is... My it, name's the only one people remember. And, and it's the one everybody's going to complain about exactly. or, right. or, or cheer. You're the quarterback. Yeah, I, I say it all the time. My show's called Holmberg's Morning Sickness. And anybody that's not named on that thing uh, that has an opinion of what we should do next or how it should work has to remember that if it fails, I'm the only one that fails. Which makes and you take that failed I, name with you. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. And it follows me everywhere. And that's it really bothers over. Brady Morning and Eric Sickness. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Those poor bastards never get any of the credit. But they don't get any of the blame either. No, right, absolutely. You know? Have you ever done anything that you've regretted on the air? Have you ever gone <laughs> so far... Like uh, it, that, uh, you could talk about. I mean, if there's something. Oh that's, yeah, no. I mean, can, um, I, can I make you feel uncomfortable? No, I, and you gave what about Toledo that time you killed the homeless guy. Yeah, that was bad. We slaughtered and ate a homeless man. <laughs> we thought <laughs> we it would be hilarious. Not only we slaughtered him, we ate him. <laughs> and then we found <laughs> out. Look at, at Marin. Look, she's like, I wonder if this is true. Yeah, we found it was a woman and she was pregnant and the baby lived. And no, it was a because I talk about you not having a conscience and oh, I've got one. I know you just hide it for a well. No, I just know how to dance the line to where it's not going to be. I think but, my, my rule has always been, and uh, Toledo, who you've stolen from me, uh, is also my producer who works on this show. Um, Why do you think? He knows. I know who's, who's, I know who's really driving this. Oh, you guys yeah. are talking about Toledo like he died 10 years ago today. Well, You're didn't like, he? Since I was last year, is he still working here? <laughs> I, I, we've, we, I haven't seen him at work in years. I have Brady's <laughs> PR guy. Yeah, I know. You took all of my stuff. But uh, I think Rich backs me up on this, is that the, the thing that I've always said is if it's done with malicious intent, it's regrettable. If it's not, it's forgivable, hmm. even if you cross the line. If I didn't do it with malice, right. then it can't be considered malicious. Yeah. It's so, but, I, but it's a fine line because some people be like, oh, I didn't mean it, but I just wanted to shock you. I also don't ever want to say anything that's yeah. just, just for the sake of kicking you in the nuts. No, I think you're doing things to be funny. I think that when people say shock jock, there are people who shock you right. just to shock you. I think I mean it. I think some things you'll do that yeah. you shock but are meant funny first, and it just sure. happens to be it's the shock. It's funny first, part. and it's also something... I won't say it if it's like, well, I don't really mean it, but I know this will go over. Right. 
it's not, I don't want to do but that. But is there, has there been, have there been times yes. where you're going, I can't believe I, what did I get myself um, into? Uh, the one time was back in 2002 when somebody on the show called, uh, we had this, the St. Louis Cardinals problem was they were playing the Diamondbacks in the playoffs and we had a guy on the show. Uh, Fox Sports did a bit. I'm open about it because it's out there. I don't care. But we had a guy named uh, Bo on the show. And I was the, this is the weirdest part of the whole thing. I was the catalyst for the whole deal. Uh, you weren't there yet, Rich. I was behind. Oh, yeah. He was, okay. So, uh, so. What are you now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the face of the show. <laughs> one of Jack has. Anyway, uh, you'll, you'll have a problem with that. The I know H. as the years grow on with him. Yeah. I don't want to be on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be on. Where's my camera? <laughs> well, he's standing in front of a camera right now. But uh, anyway, so the night before the Diamondbacks played the Cardinals, uh, a wife of a player who had passed away earlier that year was on TV. She was in a, a low-cut shirt. She looked very pretty. And the guy on our show said, uh, she looked beautiful last night. And Fox continued to show her with her friends having a good time and laughing. Do you think she's ready to date? And we were like joking about it. So we had the number to the hotel. And we were trying to call and get players. And everybody's under a fake name. Called, asked for her name. And they said, please hold. Put us right through to her room. And I'm like, well, ask her out, and he did, and it blew up completely. Now, Oof. it blew up after the Cardinals had decided to make it their rally cry to beat the Diamondbacks, and it turned into this big mess. Uh, and basically what it was, well, it's not against the law to be a dick, but it is something to say that when you're a dick and you're, and you're like, oh, you know what, I regret that. You can't get in a time machine and fix it. All you can do is say, hey, we're sorry. Um, we didn't really do this maliciously to say, eh, you, you know, you're a widow now. It was like... Fox was kind of putting you on a pedestal. It's like, she's gorgeous. She's this, she's that. And, and all we made was the joke was, do you think she's ready to date? It's been about six months. And then so he asked her out on the date. It was kind of a casual, like I saw you last night. I was curious. And he wanted tickets to the game. And yes, it was, a, it was, it was over the line as far as just being dicks. Yeah, but it blew up, and it should have. It probably, in hindsight, you're like, "Yep, that's." Because I don't, I don't remember this so much. So, in terms of blowing up, oh. you're all over local news. Did this Worldwide. make national news? Worldwide. Oh, really? Korean newspapers. I mean, Korean. And, and they and this was South, North Korean newspapers. This was what was scary. Kim Jong Un, Kim Jong Il at the I time. Wish. They freed the press in order to run the yeah. story, and then they <laughs> put them back. In the- <laughs> I wish because our press was North Korean. It turned into we banged on her hotel door. Until oh. she answered, and that, and we didn't. Wait, have this was a phone call, right? A phone call. We didn't have defense for anything that went out of control in that twenty-four hour period until we were back on the air the next day. Because social media wasn't there. It yet. wasn't even there, but the news had turned it into something completely different. And then you go on the Fake air and you're news. like, "It was." And I and I can relate to that to a certain extent. We're like, "That's not what happened." And then you go on the air and you're like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we overstepped it or whatever." But none of what's being reported actually occurred. Getting calls saying, I hope you die, cancer, blah, blah, from St. Louis. They printed our number, our emails. St. Louis Cardinal fans are going crazy. And had a right to if what you read was what actually happened. And then that day I just realized it doesn't matter what I say. I, if I they invented of, Twitter just to yeah, talk to it. Pretty him. much. But it was just that moment where you're like, okay, I can sit and defend it. That's going to make me look worse. So I went into my, and the news trucks parked outside people's houses. The kid that did it was 20 years old. He was on O'Reilly that night, like, what were you thinking? And he goes, I asked her out. I didn't realize it was going to cause this bigger problem. Well, you know how horrible a person you are. And it's like, oh, you, they want this. Do you think that problem. permanently affected him? I couldn't imagine that Completely. happened to me. He, they asked 20. him to, well, they asked him to, we, we, we're, we suspended him for a week and that wasn't good enough. Like the news is like, no, everyone's fired. And I was like, all right. And my boss was like, I'm not firing you for that. And he goes, I asked you guys to walk a line. 
and you crossed it. And he said, who, who am I if I'm not going to step behind you and say, hey, this was part on me. Was that Chuck? Chuck, yeah, he's an older guy. He's like, you know, they really didn't do anything that damaged anybody. Get over it was his essential message. That made news. Like, the boss doesn't even care. He's like, I asked these guys to do crazy stuff. But this wasn't that bad. I mean, it's an, we apologized. She laughed. Everything was fine. But the news wanted it to be so big. And it was. It, you know, in hindsight, you're like, ah, you know, we effed up. Big deal. Did it make your show bigger? Did, it, did your show grow from know. that? Did people hate, hate listening? I think listen? so. I no. think there were, outside of our city, I think everybody knew us as the comfortable. We'd only been on for a year. But I think everybody's like, ah, they've, they've done some stuff that I've laughed at that probably would be considered kind of bad. But this one's just taken its own little, it, it goes. And, and it taught me the lessons, like, two things. Uh, if you didn't do anything mean, there's no reason to sit back and apologize to society. You apologize to the person that affected, which we did. And I said, and that's all I need to do. And I'm like, if you guys want this witch hunt and get me out, I'll go. That's fine. And pull advertise. But the advertisers were kind of like, eh, it's not that bad. Uh, it'll you, blow over. And it did. Do you think it had been that big? It, it would have been even bigger today? Absolutely. We'd be done. But you, oh yeah, but yeah. wouldn't you have had a chance to defend yourself? Nope. No, you don't no. think so. D defending yourself, Gilbert Gottfried said that to me. I said, "What's about your about the Affleck thing?" Affleck thing is, "What's your biggest regret?" And he goes, "I apologized." That well, you didn't have to apologize. You can't. You can't apologize. You can't apologize because and he did it. He said, "And that I never do." Yeah, <laughs> and look, it it, works, it's a yeah. perfect example. And he's like, "Look, yeah, I said it," and and I almost respect it. It's like I said it. Shoot me down, and, and I'm not going to sit back and and pander to you. I don't think people respect that unless. An apology is warranted. The apology has never well, once worked. The apology, what the apology says is, I did wrong and I admit it. Yeah. What just going on and showing some sorrow, yeah. but saying, holding your ground, uh, that's what you have to do. You just can't, you have to be able it's, to take the punches. Play. I mean, we talked about leverage earlier and I, I just listen to you saying like what, what, 43 in, years back ago in 19. <laughs> yeah. A couple months back we talked about leverage and I wonder if human beings were still not evolved enough emotionally where somebody can, because once I tell you, John, Frank, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm essentially rolling over and showing my belly. Oh, I, I am. That is for, from a biological evolutionary standpoint. I am now, shifting the power dynamic, giving you all the leverage. And I wonder if we are still not unable to accept that and be gracious enough to be like, hey, man, you're shooting for ratings. Yeah. You guys missed. It was in poor taste. But you know what? I have an area of my brain that can conceptualize the fact that somebody trying to be funny said something in poor taste and we can move on. Right. I don't know if we're there yet. And I think the power dynamic then turns into, well, now what can I make you do? Frank, you apologize, but... You know what? I want you to go on a ten city speaking tour, yeah. apologizing to widows of uh, fallen soldiers or right. something like that. Something to continue to let you know right. that that you you're a bad person and you cannot recover from this. From that experience, that's you use the analogy of like rolling over and showing your belly. And what I think that's perfect because what I think is that I can do that if I if I've wronged Frank and Al. If I say something terrible and you guys are like, hey, way too far, man. I can apologize to you. Apologies are personal. Apologies hmm, are, to me are personal, but if I said to you, I'm going to apologize to you and everybody here, whether they were offended or not, I've, you know, if you take it to that analogy of rolling over and showing your belly, what would happen if a hyena wronged one lion and then rolled over in front of all of them and said, I'm sorry, the other lions are going to eat like, oh, he's submitting, yeah. get him. 
And that's the danger of it. Because I can apologize to you and, and trust that you're not going to attack me. Well, but I can't just stop. also the other hyenas are well, going to exactly. see you. That's the one less exactly. person. Could I do believe yeah. that the fake, the faux apology can work. And that's Barkley did that a couple of years ago or last year. And I'm not just doing I talk about this in my act. But it, when he talked about I'm going to punch Draymond Green in the face. <laughs> and when he said that, I'd never heard anything like that. But his apology, what was great, he said he basically not in these words, but this is paraphrasing of what he basically did. He went he came on. He did something he could live with. That wasn't an apology because, you know, that people told him he had to. He came on and said, basically, I apologize for recognizing that Draymond Green has such a punchable face. <laughs> so he put it off right. the opposite way for it was Draymond Green's fault. You didn't really say it was him right. and for saying it. He, it's for him for noticing. And what, then it's so ridiculous that it was, a, I call it a cheat code instead of yeah. a, a, an apology. Ricky Gervais has it. There's a certain element of people who can say something, and then, but they're so unique to, I think, Chris Rock to a certain degree, Chappelle. They're so unique to us that if they were to step in something, we'd forgive them faster because they're not expendable. The expendable mm. people who apologize will, will rough them up. I usually find people that have a cause, or uh, they're, they're the ones that are allowed to, to do more. Yeah. If somebody is... Well, we've also heard from them. Like if Charles so, Barkley said stuff, we're like, we know. You know well, I, I, another thing I talk about, Charles Barkley years ago went out and said, I am not a role model. Yeah. Then he constantly went out and proved it. Right. Yeah. And by doing that over and over, he set up his character. Authenticity. But if you are someone who gets in trouble... I always see this. I see people taking up an, a, like anti-gun causes or something like. As soon as they get in trouble, you see them doing a. It's got to yeah, be a charity. PR move. They're oh, doing yeah. a huge charity, yeah. um, usually more of a liberal cause. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, you'll see them flying uh, flying around the world doing uh, climate change right. stuff right. while they're on private jets. Well, and Al's, Al's point, though, uh, the hyenas recognize when you're trying to save your own ass. And I think there's a difference mm -hmm. between like being really authentically uh, apologetic or just stand your ground against, I'm trying to save my own ass here, so I'm going to show you my belly. I mean, whether it means anything. You know, or not. everybody talks about this administration, and I'm going to say the T word, everybody calm down. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, they talk about Trump and they say he'll never admit that he's wrong. He'll right. never admit that he's wrong. And we grew up, I'm assuming, uh, not knowing your parents, they said, you know, son, when you're wrong, you look a man in the eye and say you're wrong. But maybe that was poor advice because what we've seen over the course of the last three years is like, I just look at that situation when he called uh, Tim Cook, Tim Apple, yeah, uh, which, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, instead of just saying, I misspoke, he said, no, I said Tim from Apple real quick. <laughs> right. It was, that was funny and it was a lie. But no one called him on it. No yeah. one's ever talked about it since. And he never had to. But it's consistent. I, yeah, if he apologized to that, they'd be like, who, the, the Tim Apple dude? Yeah. He, he would still be <laughs> yeah. known as that. But because he just was like, no, nah, it didn't happen. After a while, yeah. people were like, maybe it happened. But because well, yeah, also that's, he, that, that's that you speak, thing into, speak things into truth. Yeah, that's very true. But, but did, 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 uh, to that point, did President... Obama ever apologized? Did George W. Bush ever apologize? Did Clinton? I can't remember any of those guys ever apologized. I think Ob Obama apologized for his initial stance on gay marriage. I think, but I don't Usually think he said, say, I, I don't think, I think you're right. I think he I said think he evolved. Said, yeah, he evolved. Yeah. He didn't say, I'm sorry. So you're they right. He's clever with words. Trump's not clever with right. words. So he's consistently stepping in shit 
and people are now forgiving him for it. It's like, well, that's what he does. I step and, in shit constantly, <laughs> but I'm wearing galoshes. <laughs> right. yes. He can always get out of it because it's like, look, I say, get on me all this he, all day, you, you word police. I screw up every once in a while. And now people are like, well, that's just what he does. And we're not going to get an apology from him, so that's a waste of time. And I think he's won that battle of like, attack him all you want. It, he's Teflon to that because he's like, look, I do that all the time. That's and another, I'm never going to admit I'm wrong because it's not really that big a deal when I say Tim Apple. A couple right. of things that we've hit on here in, in little pieces. I see certain people like Rob Reiner and stuff, and there are a couple of people, they just do these Trump hatred tweets, yeah. which some of them, I, I think they're right on them. I think they make sense on some of them. Some of them, it's just... but. To do it every day, I just don't understand what it gets. Because, I don't see how you can be that bothered by it. Yeah, that's yeah. which goes to your point yeah. of, you know, I never understood. I'd hear people right wing complaining about Obama fundamentally changing. Like, no, he's it's it's. I like it's going to swing. Well, that's the, I remember like we talked about before in, in 1932 yeah. when right. uh, when everybody said, "Oh, Bush is going to enact that policy where he gets a martial law and there'll be no election and everything else." And I'm like, "Is that a thing?" And then you look and I'm like, "Oh, that's a real thing." I've heard that. The, I heard and that was say it about Obama, uh, and then they say it about Trump. Yes. And I'm like, "This is a never-ending cycle." It's of the shit. same lie. John Stewart yeah. did a thing years ago, and he he went back and looked at all presidential elections, and he goes, "We may be overblowing everything we're seeing as if it's new." And he went back all the way to like where video started for presidential elections. Every president's like, we're going to get off foreign oil. Back I to 1950, all of them. And by, together. Yeah, by 2025, and he clips together and comes back and Stewart's got his head in his hands. And he's like, this was just a video. And then, and then he played one clip of a radio debate where it's like the first <laughs> thing we have to do is make sure that we're all uh, you know, internalized when it comes to oil since it's such a burgeoning new thing. We can't be foreign with that. And it was this constant thing and uh, climate and all this stuff that's constantly been recycled. And then after you get to a certain age, it's like, it's the same with like music and entertainment. It's like, this is, I saw this before. This is no different than when the, you know, the new in sync and stuff became yeah. boy bands 20 years later, there's more boy bands. They just keep recycling to a new generation to get them to go, look at all this new stuff, and it's all the same. We, uh, I always tell that somebody who's so pissed off about Trump or Obama or whoever, I'm like, who's your local representative? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, really? You're not that involved then. You really don't know what's happening in your own community, but you think that this guy high on a mountaintop can affect you. with, the, And they can, but it never happens. Go back. And until it does, there's no reason to just break your neck all the time. Be aware of it. I think we're all aware that's like, oh my God, there's some weird well, shit happening. I mean, but, I think to your point, I think when you talk about Rob Reiner uh, tweeting every day about Trump, I'm sure you, there are people that you follow on Twitter that every day rail about Trump or rail about this administration. And I think uh, the people that did the same against the Obama administration was that whatever administration is in the White House that is anti-whatever-you-believe is a direct threat to everything that you grew up with. Right. If you are a person from a red state that grew up in a conservative household, no gay marriage, uh, no, um, you're not cool with interracial marriage, you don't like the direction the country's going in, you look at TV. you watching Will and Grace. There are men making out on TV. Yeah. There's a black president with his black wife and <laughs> earth, wind, and fires in the White House, and you're going, what in the hell? You're thinking about your great-granddad right. that was off in the shed and what he must be thinking and rolling over in his grave. Smash cut to this administration, We've got uh, a, a, a pretty openly homophobic vice president. We have a president that uh, kicked off his campaign by talking about grabbing women's vaginas. 
everything that you felt like you were pushing for and everything, if you are, if you're a progressive or a liberal, however you want to look at yourself, you're looking at this administration that is a direct threat to everything that you know to fundamentally right. be true about you or Al or Frank. And so that I think that's where the everyday when you wake up and you see the president, you're then reminded that you whether whether it's true or not, and it's probably not true that you're under direct threat. I have the problem with the hypocrisy more than that, because I will hear people say uh, the, you know, I will hear people say uh, uh, behind the scenes, terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Like people will say ridiculously bad things, mean them. Guys will say things about women. And these are the same guys that when Trump said that are like, I can't believe you said, it. Right. I'm like, you, you're a t- you've yeah. said worse. You're bad. Hmm. Like we're all flawed. Yeah. Quit with that. I, I guess I, I agree. It's a weird thing that we have a president who's on tape saying something like yeah. that. I find it, uh, but I think John Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> if mean, Kennedy had Twitter, he'd be the worst. He wouldn't <laughs> be on money. He'd be slipping into that some DMs. Was, that guy was giving oh, pussy yeah. to his brother. He had a, a guy hired to follow Jackie to know when she was coming home. Right. I, I, this dude was as bad. See, he's in creating that jobs. Regard. <laughs> he's good at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's and my I get, problem. That kind of goes to my point of the, the, I haven't said it here, but it's like if they're on your side, we're like, we give them the benefit of the exactly. doubt. Exactly. If they're not on your side, it's always like, I can't believe nobody sees this. Well, I think the fragility of people's beliefs are exposed when somebody who's different than you starts getting a microphone. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you believe what you want, that should be yours. Nobody else's word should shatter that. Nobody else's foundation should be like, oh, God. I always think of that one because I'm an atheist. I, I, I have no problem with what anyone else believes. It's not going to shake me. I'll listen to you. I'll believe all that. But when I mention something to certain somebody uh, and they'll, they'll be like, oh, his belief system's crazy. It's going to shatter everything I know. Like, how am I that powerful? Right. I'm not. That's right. just what I think. Well, then, what because you then think. you're scared in the first place. Exactly. You, 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 you don't, don't have that much belief in what you think you believe. And it's the same with politics. It's like if somebody can stand up there and say, here's something different. Mike Pence, who I, I'm like, wow, that guy's on a different planet than me. But it represents a certain facet of society. And instead of being so angry and saying, no, this can't exist, I think people would benefit by sitting back saying, that's a decent group of people I need to understand exist. I need to understand that method of thinking rather than just say, I want to wish it into the cornfield. Pretend that it doesn't exist. Because if it doesn't, because that's what I think is going on. One side's wishing the other side didn't exist. And it's the opposite. Both sides are thinking that. Right. And instead of saying, no, we both exist. And I find some of the stuff you think is just ridiculous. But I know you're there and I know you represent a certain amount of people. And I'd be ignorant to say, I want it to all go away. Because it's not. It's just going to strengthen the other side. Well, I think that's been part of the American air quotes dream for a long time that yeah. we've all been living in wait a second did you just get lazy enough you didn't actually do you the air quotes air you just quotes. said them they were your hands were mingling <laughs> linked together they i'm were sorry but that was yeah. implied air quotes i'll wait next time but that was <laughs> no that, that was, that pretty was right. ridiculous yeah. that like, is lazy they're like uh do you want to talk <laughs> for a living yeah but i'm not moving so fuck off yeah, i didn't yeah. know stephen hawking had joined us yeah this uh, yeah <laughs> but i mean i think most americans have been pretending away that most facets of america that don't look and act like them don't exist i don't think a bunch of puerto rican t- teenagers or, or 20 year olds that live in the north bronx ever think about people that live in central indiana i no. don't think people that live in cent- central indiana ever think about 
uh, you know, a, a Mexican family of five that lives in Torrance, California. Yeah. I don't think these people ever are ever think about each other until they're forced to think about each other. When you then, which realize, is called New York City, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, right. But and you think about that in New York, Chicago, the cities that are considered to be the uh, the most diverse. It's still almost like a TV dinner where oh, they're they're people, but they're separated by a couple of streets. Where like you have Hasidic Jews and then. No, he said Hasidic Jews. Then it goes straight to Dominicans. Yeah. I mean, there's the still- melting pot celebrates right. the Polish section of town, right? The Italian section of town. I mean, they're the ones saying, "Oh, we're all united and so diverse." I'm like, you guys are the ones putting divisions up by okay, anything past Twenty Second Street is where black people live. Anything over here is the Armenian section, and none shall pass. Like this won't, right. this barrier won't be crossed. That's like, what do the right thing was about. It's, it's yeah, exactly. It's the least diverse. Uh, when you pile, people don't want that. They want common culture. They like it. They, I mean, you gravitate it's towards familiarity. It is tribalism, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I think it gets dangerous when you start telling people you're wrong for not wanting to do that. It's like, well, now I'm going to get really angry about it. Instead of saying, no, I really kind of like, you know, if I'm a Mexican person, I like the billboards in my neighborhood to be in Spanish, and I like Mexican music, and I want to be able to be around people who are like that. That's great. Right. So long as we don't infringe on anyone else's beliefs doing it, I think it's a But it's hard. Thing. Like we talked about this to, with a libertarian guy who, when you, everybody is meshed together in, a closer, in closer proximity, that becomes harder and harder. When yeah. you do live out in Indiana, in rural Indiana, it's easier to say, I don't want to infringe on somebody else's rights. I just want right. my rights. Because we're threatened. Room. I mean, yeah. like what Al said, we're thinking about what our grandparents thought. I mean, that's one thing that has to stop. Right. Our grandparents were wrong. Right. A lot. I, I've been saying on stage for a while, everything that your granddad did to pull your grandmother is illegal now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Him, like the stories used, that people thought were so, my so, dad used so to, sweet. Yeah. My yeah. dad used to sit on the porch, my, my mom's porch, and wait for her to come out of the house. That's stalking. Yeah, that's, yeah, like he would illegal. almost be waiting in the <laughs> yeah. bushes. And yeah. intimidation. But, but you, yeah. know what? Yeah. you know what? They're divorced now. Yeah. Yeah. So, it I mean, worked. She, she finally... really might not have liked him that yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, well, that used to be the thing. Persistence was was something that you were like, no, you got you to keep asking. She says, no, a, girl, a woman's, uh, my grandmother's... They teach you that. My grandmother's job was to say no to not look easy. Right. Even if she wanted to do it. So no was going to happen, and the guys knew it. It's like, look, it's going to take three or four attempts before she finally submits. That Jesus. was like, that's the old way. Now it's like, you know, I, I, I hate, I would hate to be your son and try to figure out how to make a move on a date. Not with that package. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what's crazy, Al? You brought it up when I was here last time that Joey's probably pretty well endowed. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I looked at the door frame in the bathroom and uh, like his daughter, like there's a year and a line, like how she's grown. <laughs> in the bottom of the toilet, Joey, 2018. It just notches in the toilet. And I'm like, that's yeah. a good way to measure this. And we know he's done when the toilet's completely clogged. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest one. I'm caught. Rigid. I'm caught. I flushed. Yeah. I got caught. What? He's, he's in the water. That can't be possible. You're the <laughs> elephant man. We know none of this to be true. Yeah. No, <laughs> nah, he's got BDE, man. He yeah, he walks it. in there and he's got some swag. Yeah. Like girls are going to pick up on that too. Yeah, they are. And that's you better be careful because it's not your grandfather's uh, time for that anymore. You can't wander around with that thing swinging. Exactly. That's dangerous now. But yeah, it's just it's going back to that. That's a dangerous thing to try to attract a woman the way grandpa did but grandpa's thoughts were all wrong by today's standards everything everything but i you know it's uh but that's culture the culture you, culture was what it is if you look at different cultures they they're not evolving the same no. way as us though either but is it evolving? and not necessarily meaning we're right they're wrong think cultures just things change it's whitewashing hmm. though because like what the yankees just did in the philadelphia flyers by having kate smith's song i don't know if you, uh, we moved, like, yeah, you can't do it about this. but the yankees 
uh, had the nerve to say uh, it's representative of uh, racist, um, I, I puts it rhetoric. up, yeah, it's rhetoric and everything else, and we won't be part of that. And I'm like, uh, center field. Uh, you have monuments to the 1927 Yankees. You have all this stuff from pre-47 that you charge people to go look at. I'm like, those are monuments to a racist time. Kate Smith had songs that were racist by today's standards, there's no doubt, but they're like, we won't, we won't hold those things up because we don't want to evoke racist imagery. Then you better take that logo off your shirt. Well, it, that's and the and worst it's not thing just going to stop there. I mean, do you guys remember that the Black Eyed Peas had a song called Let's Get Retarded? retarded. It was a, it was a and huge And that was like in hit. 2003. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to look at the fact that, like, if we are going to evolve, that means that we are going to look at, the his, at, at history differently. Now, do we want to analyze that history and continue to grow from it, or do we want to go back and erase it? Now, People will use that that same logic that I used to say, well, then we should put all the Confederate statues back up. I say we do it like Germany, where they do still mark this is where, you know, the SS uh, made their advancements. But they don't have there's a difference between uh, remembering things or yeah. paying homage to something. Right. Putting a, a, a bronze plaque on, 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 a, on a stone and saying this is where something happened is a different than having a southern gentleman general sitting on a horse. Uh, buff with a gun yeah. over his shoulder, pointing off into the and a sunset. Plaque that says, I, so there's the a difference. The in the, yeah, it's not yeah. Hitler with his fist raised. Like right. I'm, I'm still relevant. It's yeah. just like you can mark history without completely. I'll erasing tell you, it. I didn't Completely. quite. I didn't a hundred percent understand. I, I didn't get the argument as much as I do now for some of the Confederate statues and stuff like that. But I, I stayed at this. I did a corporate show in South Carolina. And it was basically on a, it was a redone, uh, it was a former plantation. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of weirded out, but it felt like the old South there to the point Just because you're used to working on actual plantations. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place Frank will stay. It's the first time Frank stayed at a place that's a former <laughs> plantation. <laughs> it's a current and former plantation. Now, when you say former plantation, did they just take the old rooms and gussy them up? <laughs> The, the, I'm going to explain state. something where I got completely creeped out. Every person who worked in housekeeping and um, uh, whatever service was super dark skinned, mm -hmm. and uh, they were all from another country. It was like it was I, I, to the point where I was like, I feel creepy staying yeah. here. I had to leave. I left. I couldn't. I did the event, and I said I can't stay here for the night. And I made Cantor, and I'm like we're going to stay at a different hotel because something just like I think people come here to Relive to wish it. it was like the way it was. Oh. Feel it. Like I, I I was like that's their throwback Thursday. Yeah. I've never, <laughs> yeah, I've never felt I've never felt so creeped out in my life. Right. Like Pete, like the the. The service was incredible, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know if they wanted to be there. I re, I really had that feeling of, I'm creeped out right now. That you, uh, and there are, there is a group. Again, you have to accept it. You can't whitewash it. There's a group of people, and it's not literally small, whitewash that, yeah, that that like the feeling of a minority serving them. A hundred percent. It's a real thing. Yeah, I and mean, they feel like that's the way. Like they they deserve it, and I couldn't. I, that would creep me out. I couldn't. I, I and all of a sudden, really a lot of stuff made sense to me because I've never been and really paid attention to. I remember we had a guy in high school that he used to wave a Confederate flag around, but we thought of it more as like the General Lee. Right, we weren't really that. thinking like he. Used to, I was in the General Lee as a little kid. I was like, that's cool colors. Right. I didn't yeah. have any. I didn't, but I didn't think it. about it all until I heard somebody say, you know, this represents a lot. Not just the history part, but this represent, represents a group of people. And I'm like, 
okay, you're right. I'm as ignorant. I get yeah. it. And I don't think this guy was a racist person. It was just, I'm being different and I'm being, I'm just waving a flag around. Yeah, in a way, when it's done like that, when it's just to celebrate Ole Miss's football team, I'll forgive the kid waving it. It's like he doesn't know. And it's not ignorance to the thing. It's just like, this is what that represents to him. Now, the person that's waving it saying, this is a better time for America. Oh, and there's a difference. There's, there's a, a lot huge of difference. There are. Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of them. But I agree. I don't, I, we can't get rid of it. If you, it'll, it'll start all over again. You can't burn you, books. You cannot do it. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think to a, It's it, like when people try and take the N-word out of Huck Finn. And it just... It doesn't make sense. No. at that point. Well, you know what? It's, it's uh, about the crow, the how dumb Dumbo. that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's about how hurtful that word was. That's the, the point of that story is about friendship and it's What's, about that language. Right. We do have to wrap here in a little bit because John has to go to another Cubs game. I didn't even know they were <laughs> still playing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, does that? Yeah. <laughs> What's your feeling on the N-word, not by a, a white person, by black people who say it, but do, do you use that term? Do you? I, uh, not very often, but I have, and I, and I do from time to time, and it's in music I listen to from time to time. Right. Uh, you know, it's, I've had extensive conversations with yeah. comics because when we started our careers, you know, and especially the, the generation before us, the comics that came up in the late 90s, the N-word was used like the word was. Yeah. Like it was just a word that you used to transition to things. It was a word that you used to Like a show, comma. Like show the, emphasis. F word, F word in New it, York. It was, it was <laughs> black people's dude. You know, yeah. like, dude, we went to the mall. There were yeah. so many girls. Dude. Yeah. But it take, it take dude and put the N-word there. So like once, it, it, and it's funny, I was just talking to one of my homeboys about this two weeks ago. Homeboys. We we had we <laughs> had like a that. real honest conversation where probably we, in outer space. Yeah, was <laughs> in outer space. <laughs> you know, where, where you start having these conversations, like could, because your initial thought is when you're doing something and you know that you have no malice behind it. Yeah, you, no one should have a problem with it. Right. But you have to take some responsibility for the fact that if you are an artist right now that has a following, a comic that's got an audience, when you use the word the N word repeatedly. You are giving that word some license. Some you are giving people some use to say it in their car, say it when they're singing your song, say it when they're repeating your jokes. You cannot have it both ways, where you get away with using that word, but then also, then I can turn around and chastise somebody like, "How dare right. you rap that?" And they're like, "Hey, I'm just rapping along." To who little... was the guy on stage that called that girl up on stage? The white girl on stage. I can't remember who did it. That's Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, mm -hmm. and she did. She sang the song like she she was invited. Did she do on it stage. like yeah, that? Like, like she's white. Did. She can't yeah, help she it. Was, that was she's doing she the shoulders, do. and she sang it and hit the N word, and then everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yeah. Yeah. What are you supposed? To? I mean, and he's I, like, "Listen," and she's like, "I didn't know what else. she was going to lose her scholarship to college yeah. for a little bit." People like that. I'm like, she was ridiculous. He brought her on stage and said, "Sing my song." Knowing that that's what he'd written and that was part of it, but and, I do. But have he didn't friends, do it to, he, to try and get, get no, her. No, but, gotcha. but it got right. her, and it wasn't him. I don't think Kendrick Lamar was. Probably wasn't. It has to stop. I've, but, I've, I've, I've seen that went, with, the, with the comic playground podcast I do with the guys. There's, you start every podcast with the N word, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but there are, there is a guy who on there who <laughs> the he will shows. he will handle the Instagram, and I go. You, you have to realize you're not speaking from a black person's perspective. You have to be very careful about yeah. the stuff you say because my name's on the show yeah. and I can't say things you could say to friends and I don't want to and don't want to be a part of But realize that you're speaking for a group and the group is black and white and very diverse. Yeah. It's not just 
uh, no women, but it's right. <laughs> but That's it's true. diverse in terms of guys. I go, you you can't say things you would say to your friends because now you're speaking for a different group, hmm. and we're not allowed some of the same uh, you know leeway. Yeah, leeway that you. That but you, diversity means you're going to have a group of people out there that are also looking to to like divide. To me, diverse is like be careful. This is a divide. To me, I see it as a divided group that's been pushed into the same space. There's a lot of landmines in that, no matter what the color or, you know, yeah, but, there's and, a lot of landmines in diversity when you're forcing everybody to the same thing. Yeah. And also uh, t- to your point, I think that's fascinating, man. When, when you talk, when you're saying that even with diversity, there's some people that aren't going to want to bring their ball and come play with you. Exactly. It's because there's a lot of groups that are, come from marginalized, whether they're trans, gay, right. Polish, black, native American, that now everybody's like, hey, come into our circle. And they're like, you know what? F your circle. Yeah. Uh, because for a long time, I had the F word shouted at me on the school bus from fifth grade to eighth grade. Right. I had the N word or the, the you know, I was called the S word, whatever. whatever. It, and they still, as black folks say, feel some type of way about that. And they don't want to come play anymore. Right. They're like, you know what? You made yourself very clear when I was the only native gay female right. whatever kid at this school you made you got you guys made it very clear how you feel well, now at 19 stress. i'm not coming to 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 come to your uh unity conference right. you know at the <laughs> ramada ballroom yeah. or at that I, place I, Frank's no, I have no yes exactly <laughs> hey meet me at the plantation, plantation we're, we're having the unity yeah. conference at the plantation oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go to the cub game <laughs> frank Frank, Frank's like, you can find me in the Amos suite. Yeah. <laughs> At the Black Roof Inn. <laughs> I think that was the end of the podcast, right? That's how it ended. No, that should just have been the end. <laughs> you can't end it there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things oh, right there, yeah. Right. <laughs> we tried to be serious and failed. Yeah. Well, that's tough. Just that's edit it into there. That's right. Crunch. I'm not, I don't remember what it was. I just know it was bad. <laughs> We'll apologize for it. Later. Yes. No, we won't. Okay, good. Then we'll be fine. Treat it like sex. <laughs> just leave. Just yeah. Just apologize. <laughs> just, my bad just dog. End the and show. walk out of the room. Yeah, just, just clanked it off the room. Just, just pay. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> leave the white envelope on the counter and leave. <laughs> and she's like, nope, yeah. count it out first. <laughs> Damn it. All right. All John right. Holmberg. Okay. Thanks. This is fun. Al you guys Jackson. have something here. This is a good time. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to invite you back more than you want to be here. Am I going to come back again like in 10 minutes and call it 2022? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yes. Buddha Judge is the president, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> when we elected Drake, I thought at first, <laughs> we could do 10 years worth of stuff in three hours. Exactly. Unbelievable. If we, if we could see the future, you know how many shows we oh, could Oh, we could get it get out of the way now. Get in the bank. <laughs> All right. We're done.